and then when I got sick, that changed everything, and and my perspective changed, and uh, you know, I saw things in a way that that really highlighted you know the importance of you know friendship and family and life and love and all those things. When I was finally able to you know find a safe space in which to express myself, you know, that's when I fully you know realized you know the power of storytelling and the power of this craft. This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Bing X. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. All right, everyone, you're listening to like a very special super segment of, of uh, I wish it was like a super special segment of Ask Me to Dance, but a special segment of Untold Stories where usually twice a week we talk about cryptocurrencies, automated liquidity management solutions, Bitcoin, and a bunch of other stuff like that. But today... We're actually not going to be talking about any of that. Uh, we're going to be talking about actually how crypto did bring us all together. But we're very, I'm very excited because we have today some of the stars and the writer and director of the newest feature film, Ask Me to Dance, that is in theaters nationwide in over 40, over 30 something cities, over 40 theaters around the country in the US from October 7th till I think the 14th, but make sure you guys go the first weekend because that's the biggest one. We got Tom Malloy, director and producer and actor, star of the show, my amazing wife, Courtney Warner, a star, and David Lawrence, my good friend and star of the film Ask Me to Dance. And also Tom, Courtney, and David have written and starred in another feature film called Trauma Therapy Psychosis that we're that we all did in Scotland that I was doing like four or five episodes of this show from the set. So if you guys want to yell at some folks about why I wasn't talking about crypto, then here you go. These, these are the people. Here you go. Welcome. Hey, we're, we're ruining that the podcast I failed, but, but yeah, at least trying to steer it in a different direction um, and for all of your audience, but yeah, <laughs> glad we could help. How do you guys, I mean, this has been, since we've all gotten to know each other in the last year and a half, how, uh, uh, how does it feel? How does it feel to, to, to be here with this, theatrical release and, and uh, Courtney, we'll start with you. It's very exciting. Um, it's just, just very honored to actually be part of something so special from beginning to the process from, you know, the beginning till now. And I'm just so excited to be part of it and met some really, really great people in the process. And I can't wait to see how people respond to it. David, where, where are you right now? Are you, are you shooting another film? Yeah, I'm in New Mexico. Uh, shooting a film about Navy SEALs, which is kind of a dream of mine, because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> and I couldn't do it because uh, I ended up getting cancer. And so I couldn't go join the military. And, you know, acting came to me in a roundabout way. And I thought to myself, what a great opportunity, I could do all the things that I always wanted to do. Um, <laughs> or at least give a voice to those, you know, occupations that I always wish I could have explored. So it's pretty fun. That's actually a great a great segue. I'd love to know like uh how you guys all got into into acting and and doing what you do and maybe lead that into Tom you can start like lead that into how Ask Me to Dance actually got made because this is not your first dance film. Um well <laughs> there's a lot of questions there. I did I did want to clarify that it opens in October 7th I believe in 38 cities or 37 cities and then the two others Sarasota, Florida, and Rochester, New York are on the 14th. But um, 
that doesn't mean that it's only going to be playing from the 7th to the 14th. It's like if the theaters go well and people enjoy the movie, which they seem to be enjoying so far, um, it could play for, for a while. So it's just essential that we have people go to the opening weekend. But the reviews have been through the roof on this movie. To kind of make specific to your question, Charlie, I mean, I got into it. I've, I've wanted to be an actress since I was a kid and specifically to ballroom dancing. I got into that, gosh, like in about 98. And I always wanted to make a movie with this dance called West Coast Swing in it. And I did. I wrote and produced a film called Love and Dancing. And when that film really wasn't exactly what I wanted to be because I didn't direct it, it wasn't my vision. I decided to kind of go back to my roots in comedy, which I've been performing in front of crowds since I was 11 years old. And uh, and put some great dancing in a really laugh out loud funny dating comedy, and we just did about twenty interviews in a row. And everybody that saw the movie was just saying how much it's a throwback to the old comedies. It made them laugh out loud. Someone made them cry laughing, and I think that that's a really good sign. Actually, we're going to play the the trailer right now for you guys to hear what "Ask Me to Dance" is about, and then uh, I want to hear from David and Courtney. So let's take a pause. This is Jack. Well, I'm divorced. I used to teach ballroom dancing. I don't anymore, but I still love to go out dancing. I have borderline personality disorder. I'm also bipolar. <laughs> you like to dance? No. This is Jill. How long you been dancing? My whole life. It shows. Thank you. You don't think I'm too old for you? Nope. You're just my type. So we gonna close this tonight, or? Hi. I was hoping to meet the guy that danced earlier. He was amazing. You literally just missed him. Jack and Jill keep missing each other, until... The year almost ends. Yeah, I know, it went so fast. You're going to meet the love of your life. I am? Yes, by midnight on New Year's Eve. Is that so? Did you have fun last night? I met this old woman who told me that I was going to meet the love of my life before the end of the year. Four days left after tonight. The exact day of your wedding, the last night of the year. What do you think? Your soulmate just gonna walk by the office? Did some old lady said this? Yes. It's so random. Now they're on the dating scene. Hey, dude, you must be Jay. Jack. Joe. Ashantez. You wanna dance? Okay. Try to go this way. You wanna go somewhere and see who really needs? <gasps> I've been dying to see this movie. So sex after this, right? I want to meet the love of my life. Wanna dance? And this week has assured me that that is never going to happen. My dating life has been a little precarious. Maybe I should keep this one. Tie him up, gag his mouth. I'm gonna get another drink. I mean, I did stab my last boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. Maybe I just want somebody to dance with. No complications, no commitments. And you need to meet my friend Jill. She's going through the same thing. She'll be at the wedding. Yeah, she's the maid of honor. Look, Jack, say the girl that saw you dance that night is your soulmate. Mind if I sit here? That would mean you're destined to bump into her again. They'll give love a fighting chance on the dance floor. Ask Me to Dance, in theaters October 7th. Check local listings or visit askmetodancemovie.com. Wow, what'd you, what'd you all think? <laughs> I mean, I think it came across fun as an audio trailer. That was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, what, what brought you to, to acting? Um, I moved to New York when I was 22 years old as a dancer. Um, I was signed with a dance agency for about a year and a half. And then I decided to cross into acting after that and took a lot of def different courses and so forth and just 
studied from a lot of different people and literally just had a love for it ever since I moved to New York. And I love it so much because it's literally cathartic for me. It's a type of therapy. You just turn into that person that, you know, I feel like there's a piece of you in each character that you play. And I just want to change the world and send different messages out and just try to inspire people. And that's just like my dream. So really, really happy to be doing what I love to do. And being in the in the crypto world, watching you follow your dream and meeting some amazing people like David and Tom, that's one of the reasons why kind of everyone who's been around us uh, has fallen in love with the industry and what we do. And, you know, there's there's good and bad of of this world. There's a lot of uh, positivity. And thankfully, we're working with some amazing people. But there's also a lot of like uh, things that, you know, for those who are getting in the industry, uh, there are a lot of things that I wish I knew before I got in. And and Tom and David will, will talk about those. But David, you got into acting in also like a crazy way. You didn't start off being an actor. Yeah, no, um, I actually started off uh, being a firefighter. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I was sick at a young age and I wanted to help people. So I became a firefighter. That was like the most direct way that I could imagine doing that. And, uh, had post-traumatic stress, uh, as a firefighter, had some pretty stressful things happen. And then, uh, that anxiety led me to go to a therapy that was kind of experimental, uh, called uh, drama therapy, which actually was, you know, a little bit of the reason or the, the part of the name for trauma therapy, which we all did together. Um, but yeah, that drama therapy is where you reenact your traumas and it's just like reenacting a little scene in a movie. And so the teacher or the, 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 uh, the therapist, uh, noticed that I kind of had a knack for it. And, uh, you know, cause you would have to participate in other people's, uh, therapies and moments. And so in doing that, I, I really, you know, fell in love with embodying somebody else's circumstances and, and, and giving life to something and, and seeing how it could change somebody and how it could help somebody get over, you know, a feeling that they're having. And, and there's a cathartic feeling when, when, when you express some emotions that, you know, we, we, we bottled that bottle up deep down inside. Yeah, do. And so, yeah, so it's, so it's great to get those things out. And so for me, acting was therapy and, uh, and it blossomed into, you know, a career, um, where, you know, I wanted to, again, like, like Courtney, I wanted to tell stories that maybe change people's perspectives on life. My most important message that I ever wanted to show is that people are more important than things because at the end of your life, you're usually screaming for somebody's name or, or asking for somebody's name and you're not asking for a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or, a, or a jet, you know what I mean? It's always people at the end of your life that you're thinking about. And so that's the message that I want to, you know, kind of infuse into all my stories, obviously with sugarcoated, you know what I mean? With great laughs, like, you know, Tom's movie asked me to dance, you know what I mean? It's, it's about two people trying to find their special someone. And, you know, I think those, those messages go a really long way because it doesn't matter our differences, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, our, you know, fellowship, it's our, it's our friendship, it's our, our love for each other that really, you know, is what we remember in life. So that's why I got into acting, really. I mean, that's kind of a roundabout way to say <laughs> that's it. That's a but. long answer. But let me, let me say this, you know, just to throw it into a little uh, interesting topic that might be intriguing for the listeners, Charlie. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, an equation or question, ethical question that was in the movie Bullets Over Broadway, which is you're, there's a burning building and inside is the complete works of Shakespeare, the only copy or a person. Now, this is a random person's not your mom, dad, you know, kids or anything like that. It's a random person. Which one do you save? And I, I made me think of this when David was talking about 
things versus people. Which one? It's a question for the group. Do you save the complete only works of Shakespeare or do you save the person? Wow. What do you think, Courtney? The person, for sure. Why? Because that's the only thing that matters. Is the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're taking it from, you know, firefighter perspective, um, you know, your, your, your order of operation is preserve life and then preserve property comes second. So for me, it would be preserve life. And maybe hopefully we could take some pictures of that art on the way out. <laughs> so you had like, you had, we had this, this crazy pandemic in, in 2020 and everyone was under lockdown and home and dating became impossible and having social interactions became impossible. And so we made a movie about, about the hardships of that, but the complete opposite. But it was almost like we should have made a movie about us making that, this movie because we were almost like embodying what was actually going on in the world. Well, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody says that too, though. Yeah, let's make a movie about Megan. I don't know that that's inherently <laughs> compelling in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, it's like, maybe, and, and it's like, think about the best one. What's the one with the, that was about Apocalypse Now? I forget the name of the film. Oh, oh I love that movie. Arcs of Darkness. And, uh, you know, Hearts of Darkness is the most compelling. And still, not that many people have seen that movie. So it does, I mean, look, at we all go through life things. We've all been through a lot with COVID. So, um, you know, I think ultimately people want stories on the screen. I think that's what makes Ask Me to Dance so exciting is that it's a, we, we just heard this, all the, the press tour that we just did is that it's a throwback to like the 1940s and 50s, just like romance comedies, but really, really funny. So it's a feel good movie. And that's what people want. They want to feel good. An escape, an escape, right? So if you you did a movie about making a movie, it would almost be too real. None of those movies really do well because People don't want to see that side. They want yeah. to see movies to get out of their lives. They exactly. don't want to see the problems go into it. What's funny is I, I see the film in a completely different way because Tom, you know, Tom, you know, played with a lot of the things that he was actually going through, like the bad dates that he was going through. And, you know, and he's a single, he's, he's a single dad and he's dated and mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of his best friends. And so I'm, I'm witnessing all this. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and in many ways, in many ways, you know, the he started actually getting really close to, you know, you, we, we started this before COVID and then COVID hit. And it just kind of I think I think it was like a, uh, you know, it was like a, a, a crystallizing moment where, you know, we, we actually decided to get it done because, you know, all we could think about it was the last thing that we were that had momentum. And, you know, it was just perfect timing because. You know, we weren't talking about COVID like everybody else. You know, we weren't making a movie about COVID. We were making a movie, you know what I mean, about, you know, goofy love and and, and bad dates. It's just... I'm really excited for everyone to go and see it this weekend. I'm really, really excited. It's a culmination of, like, super hard work between everyone in this in this area. Yes, super, super excited. Is there any, any things about... Anything about the, the film world that you guys wish other people would know? Well, no, go ahead. You want to go first, David? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, mainly uh, these days, it seems like people are really uh, gravitating towards, uh, or or filmmakers are grabbing on TV or are making these movies that seem to be really exposition driven because people are looking at their phones while they're watching, you know, the film. And what what they don't know is that the, the moments that you're missing on film cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars sometimes for a few seconds of screen time. 
And so every time you pick up your phone, you're, you're really throwing away all that money that was put into production. And so yeah, if there's one thing I want people to know about film, it's that every moment of, of, of the screen was, was pined over and cared for by, you know, hundreds of people. And so, you know, just put your phones down because, you know, they'll be there when you come back, you know what I mean? Or pause if you have to look at your phone, you know what I mean? You have the ability to pause now. So pause the movie, you know, that's it. It's true. You know, and to piggyback on what David said, I think that people have to understand that, it, you know, film is work and there's so much passion that goes into it. Like a lot of people want to get into movies because they want to be famous. And I think if you get into movies and your desire is to be a great actor, there's something amazing in that. Versus if you just want to be famous, okay, you can be Kim Kardashian and have a sex tape that that, that takes off and you're, you become famous for being famous. But ultimately, they just think it's all fun. And you guys have seen it. Those late nights, the freezing cold in Scotland, the 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 onset stress and all that stuff. And, the, you know, that's that's not easy. So people don't think it's work. They They really just think it's all fun. But ultimately... If you go, I want to make a movie and you go, I want, I'm ready to roll my sleeves and work. That's the best attitude to have. And then you could put your passion in it as well. Oh, it's blue collar for sure. It's a blue <laughs> collar job. Yeah. You told me yeah. that once, David. Yeah. And I literally was just going to say the same what you guys said, literally, it is not easy and you do have to have the passion because if you don't have the passion, it's not going to work. You have to believe in what you're doing and you really have to believe in the people that you're working with and believe that it can actually happen or it just, it just won't. And you have to, you have to love the process. You know what I mean? Like even, even if you want to be an actor, like you have to really enjoy rehearsal, you know what I mean? Working on your lines, finding the character, you got to enjoy that stuff. You know what I mean? You can't just want to do it for the red carpet because the red carpet is few and far between <laughs> you and far oh, yeah between. everybody thinks like you know how many times people think like you know family think you're just driving in a limousine you know pouring champagne on your head all the time it's like no it's actually you know that does happen let's just say every once in a while but uh it's you know most of it is the slog and the grind and that's the you have to learn to love that part of it um but it is amazing to me that people think that anybody can do it and man, it sounds fun when you're alone in the shower to be able to be in character. But when you got uh, 50 people in a crew and lights and a, and a microphone up your butt and yeah. you're still going to be funny in the shower, uh, that's yeah. a little tougher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And microphones go up butts. That's the other thing that people yeah, don't know. That, about that, the I didn't know that either. I, I have one in now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say definitely the discovery is what makes me want to be an actor, especially doing the line for the first time and the rehearsal. It's literally when you discover something that you thought it was going to be portrayed one way and then it's completely different how it turns out on screen it's just really magical to see yeah they, they say a film is told three times in the script process in the filming and in the editing and it all ta- and, and the, the cool thing about what tom did with this movie ask me to dance is he was a screenwriter and he's an amazing screenwriter and his you know his his I mean, he's just so tight with the with the film. There's not there's not an ounce of fat. And then when he transferred over to directing, you know, he knew exactly what he needed to make the script work. It's the most accurate adaptation from script to screen that I've ever seen. And then from screen to edit. I mean, if you watch that movie, Perfect. not a whole lot is left off of that script. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. But that is exactly right. I wanted to go, like, see, I, every director has their strengths. And I think what Courtney was saying about 
um, things changing, I think that would be a director who's much more visual, which many of them are. They want to do the mise-en-scene and the lighting and all that, but the camera movement, and that was not me. I am a dialogue and moment-based uh, director and writer. So to me, what I envisioned for this movie is exactly what I saw. Not, you know, because to me, it wasn't about, I, I didn't actually visualize anything. I heard everything. And to hear the actors saying it, these great actors that are on here and the other ones that uh, were in the film, all the fantastic actors, uh, it, it really was an incredible feeling to see that come to life. Well, it was really, really awesome to be part of it, Tom. We just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity and the chance to show uh, everyone what we can do. Fantastic. Well, great, guys. Fantastic. I do have to jump on to some more interviews because today has become press tour day. I think I've done uh, 12 so far. Oh, <laughs> thank you for awesome. joining us. Yes, thank you all. And uh, David, if, if you have a minute to stay on, I wanted to ask you some more questions. <laughs> yeah, I can stay on. I just want to, one last thing I want to shout out to... Uh, one of the best executive producers I've ever worked with, Charlie Shrem. And I'll just say this. Oh, stop. For the people that listen to this for Bitcoin, it, it, they really should because it's amazing how he started Ask Me to Dance with zero knowledge of the film business. And this guy's like making deals now. And this is only like a year and a half later. People are like going to him for advice on like, how do I export this movie? And so it's yeah. learning curve was just through the roof. So I Thank you. I had so much fun doing it with you guys. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Okay, good luck. All right. Bye, Tom. Guys, hot off the press. We've just negotiated with our epic new sponsor, Bing X, over $155 in free new user rewards for each of you. Just check them out and click the link below, and I'll explain to you who these guys are and why they're offering such an, an amazing award to our Untold Stories listeners. Bing X is a really cool crypto social trading exchange. They offer the usual like futures, spot, derivatives, all the good stuff that you guys like to do, all the cryptos and all the different coins that you want to buy. But they also offer a really cool copy trading service, and then you can see all their traders over the past few years, how they've performed, and you can simply copy their trading. They have over 3 million users, regulatory licenses in the can in Canada, USA, over in Europe, for, through Lithuania, Australia. They got one of the best ratings by 30K. So you know they're legitimate and they're gonna be uh, helping us out and offering you guys this amazing deal. Listen, if you click the link below, uh, there's a new user reward and an extra on top special link bonus. You're gonna get $155 in USDT. The link has everything in there and they're even capping your losses up to $10 if you go in there and try to play around with the copy trading. BingX.com, thank you guys so much for sponsoring us. I'm excited to send some more videos and update you guys on their platform. It really looks nice, it's comfortable to use, you feel safe and secure. You get $150, $155 for free, so why not? Go check it out, BingX, thank you guys. It's time right, now, done. Yeah, now we can talk the real, the real stuff here. Hi, David. No, David, <laughs> The listeners are probably very intrigued to hear more. Like, tell us the story, like going back from the beginning, as much as you want to talk about you getting sick and then becoming a firefighter, getting stuck in Philippines. Just, I, I don't, there's so, I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> I mean, that's a really long story. That's like basically my whole life story. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it, everything, everything informs the next decision in your life and, and every, everything informs the filter that you see the world through. And my filter could have been pretty bleak, pretty dark. My dad was, you know, heavily involved with the Hells Angels. And, and so I grew up around that. Um, you know, my, my, my family, you know, were, you know, blue collar, hardworking people. 
Um, you know, we don't come from, you know, money or anything like that. So I got into a lot of trouble. You know, I had a lot of freedom when I was a kid. Um, you know, I don't want to perjure myself, but you know, I did some bad stuff. And by, and then by the time I was 16, I had actually gotten sick with cancer. And so went through chemo radiation and, and, and really was taught a lesson, you know, in humility and, you know, the, the, the value of life and, and, and the, and, and the, the mortality and finite amount of time we have here. And, you know, I had all these dreams of doing all these different things. Um, and then when I got sick, that changed everything and, and my perspective changed. And, uh, you know, I saw things in a way that, that really highlighted, you know, the importance of, you know, friendship and family and life and love and all those things. And, uh, and, and yeah, so, so that, you know, like I said, is what led me to, you know, getting into firefighting and, you know, after having post-traumatic stress and, and joining that, that, uh, that drama therapy, uh, therapy, uh, I, I found a new passion, a place where I was able to fully express myself. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, if I were to express myself, express what I actually feel in real life, uh, you know, in, I'd, I'd be in jail because, you know what I mean? Sometimes you want to scream at the, at the top of your lungs when something doesn't work out or you want to punch a wall and you want to do all these things that's not okay with society. Um, but as an actor, you can do all those things, you know, to a degree, you know, safely. And so when I was finally able to, you know, find a safe space in which to express myself, you know, that's when I fully, you know, realized, you know, the power of storytelling and the power of this craft. And, and, and from then, you know, from then I, uh, you know, I got into acting, I played a lot of firefighters and TV shows and, uh, and, you know, eventually I started making more money as an actor playing a firefighter than a real firefighter. And so <laughs> it's sad. It's really sad how, how little we pay our, 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 you know, our, 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 our workers that are, you know, changes. on the front lines. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, so then I, so then I, I, I started working in, in, uh, you know, as an actor and then, and then the, the, the writer strike happened, um, and the economy started to tank around 2007, 2008. And, you know, all of a sudden they weren't making, you know, scripted TV. They were doing, you know, reality TV. And so a couple of my friends, you know, peeled off and we started writing our own pilots and our own movies. And, you know, I found an act for storytelling, which is what I wanted to do in the first place. And, uh, and that led me to, you know, create another filter, you know, in my lens of, uh, of this industry and how we could tell stories. And, and, and I grew to love the process, like we talked about, you know, being on set being collaborative with people, yeah. you know, solving problems together. Like me and you, we solved a bunch of problems together on set. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I remember. Yeah. We don't, we don't have enough part. of this. We don't have enough of this. We got to go get it. Now this person's, you know, sick. We got to, we got to fix that problem. You know what I mean? It's just nonstop puzzle, puzzle, puzzle uh, solving. And so, you know, that, that, the love of that was really great. Tom brought me in. I, I was at the time working for an animation studio, um, as a writer and, uh, Gosh, just me saying I'm a writer, like my my English teacher would roll over in her grave <laughs> if she's dead. We don't stay in touch. Um, but uh, but I failed English twice, and and uh, and that's the only language I speak. So it's it's kind of sad. Here you are, like analyzing scripts on a day to day basis for your job. Like you're the person when someone has a script. Now we say show it to David first. If yeah. it gets through you, then we yeah, all look yeah, at that's. It. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And so, you know, I, I, if I could, if I could show my English teacher what I'm doing now, she would, she would just like be so surprised. But I was working at an animation studio, and 
you know, Tom invited me to uh, the American film market to help him out. And I volunteered to help him out just kind of as an assistant, if you will. Um, and somebody dropped out. And so I came in and, uh, you know, I was supposed to speak with the filmmakers while he was speaking with buyers because he had started this distribution company as a way to, you know, give filmmakers a a transparent way of distributing film and, and for filmmakers to understand how it all works because we had all been through, you know, a bunch of horror stories when it comes to distribution as filmmakers ourselves. And so in doing that, you know, so he invited me and I, I, I realized pretty quickly, I was originally supposed to just, you know, keep the filmmakers busy while he was talking to buyers. But after a mo after a couple conversations, I realized I know all the right questions to ask these filmmakers to see if their films are, are worth a damn. So I, you know, started asking the right questions and, you know, kind of cultivating, you know, who was going to, you know, get through to the next level to talk to Tom. And uh, by the end of the day, Tom offered me a job uh, in acquisitions for distribution. And then I think, I think maybe three months in, he, I, I had pulled a couple, I, I had found a couple of films and we had signed them and, and Tom offered me the position of head of acquisitions for Glasshouse Distribution, which then gave me another perspective, another lens in which to see this industry through, which was the the market side. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and, and so the business side. Started, yeah, the business side. And so that that started developing this other filter in my lens where I was able to look at film and kind of mitigate some of the some of the you know um, shortcomings or 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 some of the the, the, the things you can't expect when it comes to sure. when it comes to financing a film, you know what I mean? We could we can mitigate some of those things by by making sure that our personal stories that we're telling are framed within a genre that is selling in the market. And so you don't have to compromise your story if you can properly place your story within the foundation of a genre that is selling. And so that's another filter that that I'm using now today in order to develop my own projects and to help develop other people's projects. Um, that's maybe the longest story. I mean, I can't go into the Philippines. That was a really, oh, yeah. <laughs> unless you have two hours. <laughs> and not to mention, David, you're an amazing coach too. When you, when we were on set of Ask Me to Dance, you really, I don't know, you just have a certain way of having people just let it go. <laughs> yeah, I remember like you were you were coaching some people and you're like you're like everything that you learned, forget it. Yeah. Just let it go. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you know, I think there's different, you know, each each actor has a different way that you need to work with them. And I I'd stuck because I I didn't go to like a conservatory when I was younger. Um, as an actor, I was real jealous of everybody that came out of these like really prestigious schools. And so I just you know, try to fix that by going to every single school of thought on acting and really study hard. And at one point I was in three acting, three different schools of acting where they all had different methods. And so I was learning that vocabulary of these different methods and I understood what it was. And I just kind of took a little from each one to add to what I already well, had. That's naturally. literally what I did. I didn't go to a conservatory either, David. And I literally was like, I need to, I didn't go to Esper, I didn't go to any of these schools, even though I wanted to, because I just couldn't afford it at the time. But I literally did exactly what you did, just took class after class, casting director after casting director, and just literally studied every method that I could, you know, get my hands on. And now I just tone into any of those when, you know, when needed. I was just going to say, yeah, you, you develop your bag of tricks. Yeah. Um, and I think my bag being added to from so many different, you know, schools of thought, 
um, really helps me uh, communicate with, with with actors a lot better because I could ask them where they studied. And I know that if they studied at like Milton Katzelis, they talk a lot about, you know, what's the evaluation on this scene? You know, how highly evaluated it is, is it? And they'll give you like a one to 10 and you could adjust them based on a number. And that's a shorthand, you know what I mean, that I have with the person that went to that school. Or if somebody's having trouble getting someplace, you know what I mean? I could I could ask them if they need some time to walk away and and, and find a place to, you know, to really dig into the sense memory or if they need a behavior that will bring them back to that emotion that they need. And so knowing all those different little tricks from all these different, you know, acting schools, you know, I, I really learned how to have a conversation with somebody, find out where they went to school for and uh, and be able to have a shorthand with them, which is great. But the other thing is being an actor myself, you know, when I see somebody doing something that is hurting their performance or that is maybe creating a barrier between them and the character, I put it on me because I've been there, because I've done it, and because we're all guilty of doing it. Because when you're in the yeah. moment, you don't see yourself. There's no mirror there. So right. you need somebody to see you because you're in it. You know what I mean? You're only seeing the perspective and the, and, and you're only living the the situation that the actor or that the, the that the actor's portraying of the character. The character's in these circumstances and 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 we're in it. And so we don't see everything. We don't see all the other elements that sure. that might add to this palette, the, the color palette, you know, to paint with. And so you need somebody from the outside. That's what the director's for, and that's what a coach is for, is to see those things for you. Um, because we all need it. You know what I mean? If somebody says they don't need a coach, they don't need you know, class or they don't need a director, like, and they just want to be by themselves on an island acting, like, you know, good luck, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. But no, Daniel Day-Lewis, Daniel Day-Lewis Daniel Day doesn't do that. He, he requires a lot of, a lot of stuff for his, for him to yeah. be, you know, effective. We're talking to uh, David Lawrence and Courtney Warner, who are starring in the newest theatrical released movie, Ask Me to Dance. You guys can go to theaters nationwide right now and go watch the film, uh, go to askmetodancemovie.com to see the trailer and to uh, see the local showtimes or go to Fandango, and then it'll be available on demand. But it's so much better to see a movie in theaters, the Laugh Out Loud comedy. I don't know the last time that you guys saw uh, a movie, a funny movie, nonetheless, in theaters. Uh, but uh, Courtney and David, how I feel like artists over the years have kind of shunned the business side of things. It almost was seen as like, the more pure you are, it's the less you know about business if you're an artist. Am I wrong? Was that real? Why is it so important to like know the business side of, of the industry that you're that you're doing? I think you'll be lost if you don't know the business side, to be honest. I think that was my downfall is, you know, that I have the talent side, but as far as business, you have so much more you have to learn as far as to be able to get further and what you know, what your goals are. David, you could probably pick up this more than I could because you know more of the business side than I <laughs> Well, well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I had I had a conversation with a friend of mine in an acting class the other day and I'm still in acting class. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching, but I'm learning every day. And, uh, you know, I, I'm in an acting class the other day and a friend of mine says, you know, how, how do you stay so busy? You know what I mean? Like, 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 what don't you do? And I said, I don't do a lot of sleep. That's what I mostly don't do. <laughs> But the uh, but but the, the real answer is, you know, it, it, to understand. So so when you're acting, when you're just an actor, you're you're not in a uh, in in a position of power, right? You're you're waiting to be picked, and the only thing you have you know control over is your your ability to perform, your your ability to be good on the moment when they choose you, and so 
if 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 the lottery ticket, if you're buying a lottery ticket, right, and that ticket is if you if you win, you win. That means you get an audition, right? You buy a lottery ticket. That's you going to acting class. That's mm-hmm. you studying. That's you. That's you putting yourself on tape. That's you self-submitting. Um, that's you being in class. That's 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 you buying the lottery ticket. Yep. If you get an audition, you just won like just twenty won. bucks, yeah. right? You want you yeah. want you want you want a decent little pot, right? So you get the opportunity, right? And you know every time you go in and you audition, that's it. It's a lottery. It's it's a number. Now, if you understand the business, you can start to manipulate. You know what I mean? The the world around you, terraform, if you will, your 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 landscape as an actor because you start to create relationships with people and you start to develop ideas with people and like i said uh, each each part of the filmmaking process informs the next so when i started writing as an actor i got better at analyzing scripts because i was writing so now as an actor i see where i fit in mm. i see where i could add something to the character that the writer didn't see I see all these things because now I'm a writer, right? And you don't have to be the best writer, but if you're reading lots of scripts, you're going to become a better writer. And if you're writing, you're going to become a better actor. Now, add something on top of that. You you volunteer as a as a PA, as a production assistant, right? Now all of a sudden you're learning the lingo in the film industry, right? You can, now you can have a conversation with somebody who's higher up and they think to themselves, "Wow, this guy knows a good amount about filmmaking. Oh. I can trust him. He's one of us." You know, he's not just some starry-eyed actor who wants fame he understands the process and he understands where he stands in that process right so now you're developing this ability to be a, a person that could be counted on by you know better filmmakers and then they'll bring you into their crew and teach you more about the craft and 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 another thing that i always say is 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 if you is part of knowing the business is asking questions and not doing this whole and this goes back to what you're saying charlie how there used to be this stigma of you know, I'm just an artist. I don't do the yeah. business, thing, right? Which, which is a little bit, it's, it's arrogance, right? It's arrogance. And it's also ignorance because, because you're, you're, you're assuming that you're an exception to the rule and not the rule. Well, if you play by the rules, believe you're the exception. Yeah, it's like some religious people say, God helps those who help themselves, right? You mm-hmm. have to help yourself as an actor and create these other, these other, uh, you know, these are places of knowledge where other yeah. actors don't yeah. have that knowledge so that then you can, you can actually push yourself into another position of power. Um, so, so when I'm, so, so the other thing is that that whole fake it till you make it thing, right? That used to work before the internet, right? You can't fake it till you make it. Now people could look you up. I always say, ask questions. You know what I mean? Ask questions because you're going to get the, like, as you get brought up to higher, higher places in the industry, ask questions and don't pretend that you know everything because number one, you're going to make a fool of yourself. And number two, that fake it till you make it doesn't work. So you have oh. to ask questions. And the more, ask, the more questions you ask, the more knowledgeable you'll become. And then you'll be able to answer questions you know, with, with, with confidence. And so now at, once you just start developing all those things, like you're working as a PA, you've learned the lingo, you understand the position of an actor, what they need to do, you know, how important, you know, being on set on time is and getting your lines right. And they're losing the light and they've spent all day setting up the lighting for you. And you're an actor, you need to walk in, know your line, do your thing, get out so that everybody can go home. And it's like, 
that only comes from wanting to know the business, right? If you're just an actor and you're just focusing on your your craft, like go to theater, you know what I mean? Do theater. Because right. if you want to be an actor in film, you're playing with a lot of other players. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a big machine. It's it's a it's a uh, it's an army. It's a family. It's a business all at the same time. And it's also a recreation of the world that we live in right now. Every job that exists in the world exists on a film set. There's accountants. There's construction workers. There's yeah, there like many worlds, many economies. Exactly. Thank you guys so much for for coming on the show today, Court. Is there anything? Anything you want to add? Um, just creating your opportunities. I think you learn more as opposed to just going in as a quote unquote actor. I think, you know, like being on the production side of it, just from seeing it from an idea to a script to the script actually being green lit. I mean, people don't realize how many scripts aren't green lit. And this is why we were very blessed to even ask me to dance, even had that opportunity to be green lit and sold. And now, you know, we're able to show the world in theaters. Go see it in theaters. Just go see it in theaters, October You're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy watching David and Courtney, and you're going to enjoy watching Tom, and you guys are going to laugh, and it's so funny. And then uh, once you finish, you guys are going to love that we have another movie that's a horror movie that David co-wrote with Tom, and Courtney starred in it as well, and David starred in it, and Tom. all Everyone, it's like you get this whole, like, this whole great next story. It's going to be awesome. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me.